Uh, interesting story about Kurt Schilling, a major league baseball pitcher. Uh, he had made $100 million, won World Series, and very successful career. He made an investment, though, in a video game company, and that company did very poorly. He not only lost his $100 million, but now he's $50 million in debt from all that he lost with that company. Uh, Kim Basinger, actress, and at the height of her career, she was commanding $10 million a film. And she was very, very popular in her films and made so much money, she bought her own town. Bought her own town. And eventually, though, lost everything and went bankrupt. You know, Scripture says over and over and over, wisdom is the principal thing. If you want real life, you have to get wisdom. Let's take a few minutes and look at the challenge of not using wisdom and some wisdom principles that both Moses and David and Jesus also would repeat these as well. As I've said before, there are no answers in fear. When people get caught up in fear, frustration, your brain simply does not work the same. And we'll talk about that from a scientific standpoint as well in a few minutes. But when you're frustrated and angry, you can't see the answers. And so people get upset and they say, there's nothing I can do. Well, part of that is the state that you're in. I had somebody call me recently who was very upset with a family member and they said, there's nothing I can do about this person because they don't have a job and they don't have money. They're always trying to take money. And from that standpoint of that upset and fear, there were no answers. There are no answers in fear. But here's the thing. You can change your state in two seconds, literally. You can go from a state of fear and anger to a place of gratitude. When you're in a place of gratitude, your mind is able to think beyond that frustration. So you find more answers in that place of gratitude. In fact, we've all had that time in an argument maybe with somebody and somebody at work, somebody in your family, you're both heated in the moment. You're very passionate about your side. They're very passionate about their side, very loud argument. And suddenly the phone rings and you pick it up and you say very politely, hello. So we change our state in a moment very quickly, very rapidly. You can change your state. How do you do that? Well, you ask better questions. In fear and anger, people ask questions like, why does this always happen to me? And they focus on the worst outcome. How do you get out of fear? Well, fear and anger cannot coexist with gratitude. So come to a place of gratitude. To get to gratitude, ask a better question, focus on a better outcome. Ask a question like, how can I use this? What is God trying to teach me? What can I learn from this situation? How can I grow from this and see a better outcome? As we've talked in the past, you know, great leadership principle is that leadership is to see things as they are, not worse than they are. See, thing, see things as they are, not worse than they are. People tend to magnify the negatives. There are no answers in fear. So we'll see in a few moments some things that David and Moses shared. And that first person that called me on the phone, I gave them some suggestions. There were dozens of answers for them. They took the suggestion that I gave, but there's more answers available, but they're not available when we're in fear. Hope you'll try this on for size, something that Tony Robbins said. I, I quote him a lot. He's been a mentor. He's also a strong believer in Christ, very open about his faith. But I hope you'll take this and, and write this down, put it on your mirror, keep it there before you. But a great principle, he says, life is always happening for you, not to you. Life is always happening for you, not to you. And it is your job to find the benefit. Life. People think it's always happening to them. 
circumstances, things out of their control. But what if you took the belief and said, life is always happening for me, not to me. It's my job to find the benefit. See how God is using this, what he wants to teach me. Now we understand there's consequences to our actions when we don't use wisdom, but in the big picture, life is happening for us, not to us. Why? Because Christ is on our side. So a very popular verse, and we'll check a look at two things Moses said, is Exodus 14, verse 13. And keep this in mind with the idea, wisdom is the principal thing. Life is happening for you, not to you. It's your job. It's my job to find the benefit. So we get to Exodus 14, one of the most popular stories in scripture, children of Israel, the Red Sea, one side, Pharaoh coming behind them. They're fearful. They say to Moses, tell Pharaoh, we're sorry. We'll come back to Egypt. We'll be slaves. We'll do twice the work. And Moses said to them, Exodus 14, 13, fear not, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Fear not, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Whatever burden you're facing that I face, those things that come up, those weights that we all have to carry, those mountains we have to climb, in Christ, we're told to do what we are called to do. They were supposed to leave Egypt. The rest trust to God. When you've done what you're supposed to do, fear not. Stand still. We're going to look at how you can really do that. But keep in mind, promise is you'll see then the salvation of the Lord, the deliverance by his hand. 400 years ago, Pascal said it. Most of man's trouble comes from his inability to be still. What do people want? They want peace. What do people struggle to find? Peace inside. What do people use their money for? They're buying things they think that will bring them peace. They pursue goals they think that will bring them peace. But we're told we can have peace right here in this moment. Why? Simply be still. Know that God is on your side. Don't be in fear. Get out of fear, be in gratitude. We'll look at this here in a couple places where David also mentions the same thing. Psalm 37, beautiful Psalm. And David says it like this. He says, do not fret. Moses says, be not afraid or fear not. Moses about 1400 BC, David 1000 BC. Jesus then in that first century said often, don't be afraid, trust in God, trust in me. Same thing, they each say, you wanna get wisdom, Follow then the wisdom of the king, prophet, the Christ. Do not fret, David says. And he goes on to say, do not fret because of those who are evil. For like grass they wither and like green plants they will soon die away. So David says, even in the midst of all the challenges, even in the midst of evil, he says, don't fret. Why? Because God is with you. That's why. One of the most well-known quotes people don't necessarily know from where, but it was Carl Jung. And he's the one who said this, what you resist persists. It's a great leadership principle. It's a great principle in life to understand what though did he mean? What you resist persists. He's talking about the inner conflicts people are afraid to face. The idea that if I don't face it, it'll go away is just not true. In fact, it gets worse. So when people fret and are fearful because of something inside, unresolved conflicts, well, those conflicts, they simply grow bigger. 
He gives the example. Say you have a child and they're told by their parents you'll never amount to anything. Well, they never deal with that wound. So they become an adult that they become a people pleaser now. To overcome their parents saying they'll never be anything, now they want to please everybody. They never say no. They always say yes to everything. They feel overwhelmed. They pursue all these goals, but they don't feel satisfied or fulfilled. Why? Well, they didn't face the real nature of the problem, that internal conflict, some wound they got from their parent. How do you face that wound? You face it in your identity in Christ. You come against that place where somebody said or did something, such as that child, their parents said, you'll never amount to anything. You go to that wound and say, you know what? Christ said, I'm so valuable. He gave his life for me. Maybe that internal conflict is wrestling with a sin. You have to face it. If you resist facing it, it will persist. It will grow bigger, as Jung said. So don't let fear stop you from facing what you need to really face. Great quote from Gene Scott. He said it like this. Take the problem that is causing you to fret right now. Wrap it up. Tie it up in a tight bundle of words. Tell God what it is. Whisper it, Lord, this is it. This is the whole mess, the whole problem. In accordance with your word, I speak it forth. I lay it on your shoulders. You have to give it to him. So don't fret. Fear not. Stand still. You know, a couple of decades ago, they found archaeological just discovery, priceless discovery. They found this gold statue in Thailand. There was this palace, some of the wall was coming down. And so as they saw this wall was coming down, plaster, they peeled away the plaster. They planned to replace the plaster. This building had been there for 300 years. When they pulled apart that plaster, they found behind it a gold statue, priceless gold statue. It had been there for at least the 300 years. How long before that, that people didn't know where it was, who knows, but at least 300 years, that gold statue hidden behind basically worthless plaster. And it's what we do gathering together in worship. We are uncovering the gold that is there in our life, pulling away the plaster and seeing, you know, life is for me, not happening to me. So what's the benefit I can uncover in the challenge, in the struggle? Maybe not me personally facing, but maybe there's somebody else that I know that's facing a mountain and I need to come along beside them and say, you know what? Don't be afraid. God is going to bring an answer to this situation. Life is happening for you, not to you. Psalm 37, David goes on, verse 2, trust in the Lord and do good. That word trust. Trust means put your whole weight on another. When you're at a place where you say, I can't take another step, I can't do another thing, I can't lift another finger, you're in that place where Scripture says, now... You understand, trust, put all your weight, your full weight on God. What did Jesus say? Come to me that labor and they're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Trust, put all your weight on the Lord. And then he says, and do good, and do good. Even in the midst of trouble, we're called to be an ambassador. Paul says we're tools in God's workshop. And he says some tools are used for common use. Other tools are used for great honor. Our goal is to be that tool used for great honor. Do good. Even in the challenging times, make sure you represent Christ in your character, in your words, in your action. And David says, take delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. This is worship. Even in the midst of the mountain before you, worship. Be still. Worship. Put all your weight on God. Allow him to carry that weight for you. 
an interview that Arnold Schwarzenegger gave, I, I wrote down two words because he said two words are two words that guided his life. You know, he came from Austria. He said the, the stories are true, very poor, no plumbing in their house. He came to the U.S., just clothing is all he had. He said what people may not know is he became a very successful real estate agent before he was known for bodybuilding and movies and politics. He said he made millions as a real estate officer. But he said something his dad would say to him all the time really guided his thinking. And his dad just said two words to him, be useful, be useful. Every day he said, be useful. What does David say? Fret not, trust in God and do good. What can you do even in the midst of the challenge to still be a useful tool for God's kingdom? Continuing, Psalm 37, David says next, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. And then the key is, and he will do this. He will make your righteous rewards shine like the dawn. We commit to him, we trust him, then he does the work. Commit your way to him, trust in him, put all your weight on him. David says, then he will do this. What did Moses say? Fear not, be still, watch the salvation deliverance of the Lord. David, same thing. Again, wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. Follow what the prophet said. Follow what the king said. Follow what Christ said. Fear not, trust. Put all your weight in him and then watch God work. When you've done all you're able to do, when you've been obedient, fear not. Sit back and say, now I get to watch my heavenly father work this situation out. You know, there's a story that made headlines, a sad story and made headlines just a few years ago. And the story was Adolf Merkel. He was the richest man in Germany, $13 billion. Made money in pharmaceuticals, made money in real estate, and he invested in a lot of stock in a company he thought that was going to overtake Volkswagen. Well, it didn't happen. Volkswagen became even more successful, money he invested in this other company, he lost $13 billion and he went down to $9 billion. He was no longer the richest man in Germany. He was number two, three. And for him, his identity was being number one. Well, what happened? He still had $9 billion left. Very sadly, he took his own life, left behind his family. Why? Because he was broken. His identity was being number one. And when he wasn't, he gave up on life. You know, Jack Canfield said, you don't know what somebody else is carrying. You don't know what burden they face. So he said, simply look at people and imagine everybody wears a sign. And that sign says, appreciate me. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Maybe you're not facing a mountain today, but recognize there's people around you facing a mountain. And maybe your call is to listen and be able to go to somebody else and say, let me tell you, life happens for you, not to you. Your father is with you. You can put all your weight on him and you don't have to be afraid anymore. Just be still and sit back and watch how God is going to work in this situation. 
The last thing for Psalm 37, David says the same thing as Moses. Be still, wait patiently for the Lord. Same thing. 1400 BC, Moses said it. 1000 BC, David says it. Get wisdom. It's the principal thing where they both say, be still, be still. If you've got a burden today, be still. Trust, put all your weight on the Lord and wait patiently for him to work it out in your life. If it's not something you're facing, maybe it's something somebody else is facing, be that voice for them. Leadership is to see things as they are, not worse than they are. Come along beside somebody and say, your father is with you. Just trust in him. You know, Max Lucado put it like this. We live in a culture where speed is king. I find myself in a hurry, even if there is no reason. There are 10 times more things to do in a day than anyone can do. So we feel we are always behind and failing to do all we could. All we do is respond, respond, respond. We want peace, but it just does not fit our agenda. Peace calls for doing nothing sometimes. We can't handle that. Moses, in the next verse, in Exodus 14, repeats it again. And he says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. That's the promise. That's the hope. The Lord will fight for you. He'll work this out. You need only be still. Exodus 14, 14. Let me give you something I learned from Anthony Robbins, some scientist that had discovered this. They won a, a prize for it in the medical field. Beautiful study. And what they found is if somebody's angry, frustrated, fearful, you can measure their brain waves, you can measure their heart waves, and they are very chaotic and very different. When somebody's in a place of peace, when somebody's in deep prayer, when somebody's in joy, the incredible thing is their brain wave and their heart wave, they match. Anger, fear, chaos, very different brain and heart waves. They're chaotic up and down. When somebody's at peace when in prayer, their heart wave, their brown, their heart wave and their brain wave, they match. Very simple exercise you can do. And when you do this, studies show your heart wave and brain wave, they go in sync. What happens when they go in sync? You think much more clearly. You feel what we call peace. And then you're resting the way scripture talks about it. Here's all you got to do. It takes two minutes. Two minutes is all it takes. What you do is put both hands on your heart. Wait till you can actually feel your heart. And then when you're in that moment with your eyes closed, you can speak it out loud or just think it. But think about a moment you're grateful for. Something really you're moved by. Could have been last night. Could have been a week ago, something 10 years ago. It's up to you. But when you really have something in your mind, you say, I'm really grateful for that. You just say, God, you know, I'm really grateful for that moment you brought into my life. And then you think of three things like that in two minutes time. And when you do that, even if you are frustrated, angry, when you're at place of prayer and gratitude, feeling your heart and just eyes closed, your brain waves, your heart waves go in sync. And you just say, I'm grateful, God, for this and really feel that gratitude. And in that place, you'll suddenly see things differently, hear things differently, and you'll have answers that weren't available in that frustrated, in that frustrated state. That's the power of gratitude. 
That's the power of destroying fear. And all you got to do is take two minutes, three things you're grateful for, and fill your heart. Then you're in that place where Moses said, be still. The Lord will fight for you. Don't be afraid. Wait patiently. As David said, fret not. One of the most beautiful examples of that is Charlotte Elliott. She lived in the 1800s. Bedridden for her life from being a child to an adult. Had all sorts of illnesses. Her brother was a traveling minister. Always wanted to go with him. Very sad she couldn't travel. One day a minister came to her and said, you've got to see God in this circumstance. You've got to see the strength you have. You've got to see his presence always with you. And she said, it's very hard though. He said, but God wants to use you even in this pain. That minister and her made an agreement. She would seek the Lord on how she could be used. Every year on the anniversary of his visit, he would send her a letter. Charlotte, I'm still praying for you. Don't give up. God is with you. Keep pushing, pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward. 14 years after that moment, she had a life-altering experience where she wrote a song. In fact, her brother Charles Elliott said in the course of a long ministry, I hope I have been permitted to see some fruit of my labor, but I feel far more has been done by a single hymn of my sister. What was that hymn she wrote in her bed, in her pain, waiting on God when she found the strength? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. And very personally, she wrote, Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fighting in fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come. That's what happens when we wait without the fear. When we wait with gratitude, when we wait with faith and lean our whole weight upon the Lord, and we don't carry that weight any longer. We just simply trust in Him and fear vanishes as gratitude takes its place, knowing God is always with us and life is happening for you, not to you.